welcome to the Blend Podcast with Tom and Brendan, discussing all things e-learning, digital marketing, design and entrepreneurship. The podcast is brought to you by Blend Interactive Content. Find us on LinkedIn or www.blend.training. Right, so today we've got a little bit of a different situation. Brendan is not around. So I'm very, very lucky to have Jade Song with me today from Time to Teach. How are you doing today, Jade? Hi, everyone. Everybody out there who's listening, um, this is Jade. I'm doing very well, actually, here in Shanghai. And thank you for having me, Tom. No, no problem. No problem. So today we want to talk about, well, we're going to talk about different things, but I think a good starting point is let's talk about you and your new project called time to teach can you give us a little bit of information about that a bit of a summary of what you're trying to do yeah for sure for sure um great question there um so uh time to teach is basically a website that i've created very recently uh to gather a group of uh, educators who are looking to be more mindful in their everyday practices to be mindful to be more mindful in their daily lives and maybe bring some of that uh, mindful embodiment into their teaching as well as educators. Uh, I on on my website, it's, it almost takes the form of a blog. I write about my own my own journey as a mindful educator, basically starting from when I had experienced a lot of anxieties, a lot of um, stress from work being an educator, and how mindfulness has helped me throughout my journey. Um, this is my, I think, 10th, 11th year as an educator, as an international teacher. And I used to just post little bits and bobs here and there on Facebook, on WeChat. That's what we use here in China. And then people started, you know, PMing me and saying, hey, you know, this is really useful stuff, great techniques. Why don't you try and put it onto a blog? So at that time, you know, when I had all of this feedback, um, I was like, ah, nah, you know what, this is, this is not worth it. You know, I'm happy just putting small bits and pieces here and there. Um, this is not for, for anything commercial or I just didn't see the point of it, right? Until a year ago, I think it was about a year ago, when I hit the um, 100th blog. So I wrote 100 uh, date from day one to day, day 100. And I hit the 100 mark and I thought, oh, wait a second, I have 100 blogs on my own mindfulness journey and people keep on telling me that this is helpful stuff for them, you know, and, and, and sometimes people would even um, message me and say, hey, I haven't seen you updating your blog, what's going on? Um, so I kind of just had that little bit of motivation to say, hey, you know, let's celebrate this success. Let's celebrate this moment, you know, of just recording all of that journey uh, for myself. And that's that's where the idea of starting that website came through. In my free time, I'm also very much into educator nerd stuff. I look, look at a lot of websites and I read up on a lot of frontier uh, pedagogy um, articles that talk about where education is headed. Obviously, e-learning is a big part of it, um, a big trend coming up. Yeah, and and I write a lot of sort of my own articles about what my takes on these educational reforms. So, if I could just jump in, then. So, when you talk about mindfulness, yeah, yeah, go, go on. Um, yeah. Have you always tried to integrate mindfulness in, into your classes, into how you teach and what you teach? Wonderful question. Thank you. Yeah, of course, of course. 
Um, it wasn't it wasn't until quite late though. Uh, I would say maybe three years into my personal practice was I able to feel more confident in bringing that into my classroom and lots of I think lots of reading for sure, lots of research, lots of my own practice contributed. Um, to that motivation of bringing it into the classroom, that confidence of bringing it into the classroom. Because before, it always seemed to just be somewhat of helping me, myself, you know, uh, relieve that stress and anxiety. But in, I didn't feel like I was ready to bring it into the classroom until a couple of years ago. And, and in, what ways, in what ways did you actually bring it into the classroom? Can you give some examples? For sure, for sure. Um, I'll cut that into, I guess, two, diff- two different areas. One would definitely, I think the predominant one is just being that mindful embodiment yourself, being more mindful of your own, let's say, voice, your projection of your voice, the pace of your voice, how you interact with your students, how you are aware of your own emotions as you are teaching or experiencing the classroom with your students experiencing that learning with your students it's more about being aware of you as a body your presence in the classroom how you move around the classroom for example how you pace your speaking when you pause when you listen how you actively listen kind of bringing that sense of calm energy into the classroom this would be the the predominant i think area of it in terms of teaching it, um, obviously in a school setting, I teach it in my classroom. When I teach, I teach English. So I teach it to my students explicitly. We do breathing exercises, some yoga movements. We do what everybody knows about, some little bits of meditation, moments of silence, that sort of stuff, practicing kindness, practicing empathy explicitly, all of that. Also, um, I hold after school clubs with students from I would say four to five all the way up to 17, 18. So the K to 12 range with upper school, I try to incorporate it into their their PSHE program. Um, with lower school, it's a lot of games, a lot, a, a lot of mindful movements and stuff like that. So it'll look very different from uh, within different age range. And have, have you found that it works across all ages? Well, that would be my question for you. Do you think do you think it might work for all age ranges or do you think it might work for certain age ranges? What do you think? I mean, look, I'm not a mindfulness teacher or anything like that. I try and practice it on a personal <laughs> level as much as I can. But my guess would be I'm sure there's certain exercises you could use across the board. I don't see why not. Obviously, you're going to teach a 16-year-old something different connected with mindfulness than a four-year-old. But... I think anybody, any child can start to learn and understand about what being present means and, you know, being still with themselves. For sure. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that with me. And thanks for sharing your understanding about mindfulness. That's really good. I I would say my younger learners, my younger students have a, I think have definitely benefited more from, from that experience. They're able to explicitly demonstrate lots of lots of um, angles of mindfulness to me back to me you know reflected back to me to show me that they've learned and they've they've taken it on board whereas um, high schoolers you know um, there's certain mindset there's a certain they're at a stage where you know hormones take control so maybe um, it doesn't reach 
as bigger a crowd as I hope it does. It also depends on how I teach it, uh, what aspects I teach, how, how the frequency of everything. So it's, it's a lot to take into consideration, but we're getting there. And I think this work, uh, if I may add, this work is extra meaningful um, at this time of age, right? With so many uncertainties and challenges for anyone, really, uh, whether it's teachers or students and how they um, manage their own mental health and mental well-being it's very important for them to feel empowered and and feel like they have the tools to do so yeah so what would you say is your like long-term goal for time to teach where where do you want to be with this in in the future yeah thank you for that um i think my intention has always been to reach out to a wider community whether it's educators, parents, kids, or even, you know, just the, the, the general general population, whoever is interested in taking away some strategies, taking away some, it could be as simple as just some strategies, breathing exercises to, you know, that interest that need to incorporate it into their, their own lives. So I guess dialing it back a little, the intention would be to gather that community who is interested in using mindfulness um, to elevate, to propel whatever it is they are looking for in life and to fill their, their greater purpose. Because like with starting, with starting any business, you know, you've got to try and build that tribe, build that community. From what I understand, you offer like a toolkit for educators, you know, in terms of how to integrate mindfulness into their classrooms. But how do how are you going to build that community? How are you going to grow it? especially during, you know, these COVID times? What's your strategy there? Exactly. So so I've been asked that a lot because recently there have been uh, organizations who have come to me and asked if I were, you know, if, if I was planning, I would say, to turn this into more of a business, entrepreneurship, to strategize, like you said, right? Uh, to reach reach out to to the bigger community. I to be honest, I haven't really thought about the the intricate details as of yet. I think it's it's about talking to like minded people, um, putting the word out there, putting the website out there for people who are interested, uh, who are who are open to starting dialogues, who are open to uh, look at collaborating and working on on something like this together. You know, like reaching out. So my my personal goal is really to to gather like you said, that community, to reach out to that community and, and share what I've learned, my own experience with them. And hopefully having some educators bring this back into their own schools, into their own learning communities to be able to benefit more people. However, like you said, I, I haven't really thought as much as to how, to how to do that yet. So your advice or anything that you can suggest me would be very helpful yeah well i mean obviously i've got a bias because you know at blend we're focused on e-learning and i think just for me what i was sort of getting at with that question would it be it would be interesting to hear your thoughts of do you think what you're offering could work online could work digitally could you share those resources and that toolkit you know in an online space rather than rather than face to face um, actually, um, I've been taking this course from mindfulschools.org. This is an American NGO that, that does a lot of extensive work on bringing mindfulness into schools. They have their own, they've developed, they've developed their own K-12 mindfulness curriculum where teachers can take and incorporate into their own school. 
So for me, you know, that that information is accessible. There's lots of websites that have um, free free resources online. Uh, but I think what you're asking might be if the material that I have right now or whatever it is that I have to share might be somehow be able to put online and execute it online. Is that your question? Yeah. Do you okay, think it would um, work just as effectively in an e-learning environment, what you do? Do I think it might work as effectively? I can't tell you because I haven't tried it. So, so I would definitely would love to look into if we can bring some of that online, whether it's um, a toolkit, like you said, it's any kind of maybe animated, um, interactive content that we can do um, with educators or with children. Um, we can definitely look into that. How I'm seeing it happen is really through an interactive setting, either it's Zoom led by a teacher or um, little videos that we could we maybe develop to make it into a classroom routine, or it could be some workbooks, gratitude journals, little tools that teachers can take away. But yeah, like again, uh, like I said, again, it's it's a lot of that is already very much available online, free for teachers, educators, the, the, the wider population to, to retrieve uh, from online, you know, already. So whatever we do will have to be something different than what's already out there. Do you think that mindfulness and emotional intelligence, soft skills, all these things are becoming more and more integrated into the education system? Do you think Schools and teachers and local governments are now starting to understand this is a an important skill set that we need to allow these kids to acquire. It's not just about teaching traditional subjects. We need to help them in this more intangible way that is hasn't been officially done in schools before. You know, teaching them these soft skills, teaching them things like mindfulness. Do you think there's been a change of mentality across the education system or do you still think there's quite a long way to go in that respect? Absolutely. That's a great question. Um, being a curriculum developer myself, um, that's my day job. I develop integrated curriculum. I develop international curricula. And to be very honest, it's written what you've just said, all of that. Uh, mindfulness wouldn't be, but emotional intelligence, intangible, soft skills, all of that is written and quite largely emphasized in all of the curricula that we're trying to incorporate, whether it's the British or it's the Chinese, or it's the uh, the, the, the U.S., uh, or Australia, these bigger states, I would say, providers of curricular. Yes, it, I can tell you that it's all written there in the documents, even from documents from 10 years ago, state-issued state documents. It's all there. It's just, at the same time, the contradiction is that that need for good grades to get into good schools um, that need for academic excellence, or I would say the dominance of academic excellence taking over what we're talking about right now, right? I think where, where this is going would be the government would still be the government. You know, they're looking at, they're looking at what society needs. They're looking at trying to make sure they cover everybody in their, in their uh, public education, they're, they're, they're looking for attainment, they're looking for results. That's not going to change for a while uh, because 
of just how society is, right? How power is, how the economy is, and that's just going to be how it is. But what I observe, which is which I'm I'm so grateful for and and happy to see, is that there are practitioners, frontier teachers, who are doing the best they can to incorporate the soft skills, the emotional uh, the emotional intelligence, the um, social emotional learning into their everyday teaching, into their everyday uh, responsibilities in in that that you know safe container that they provide for for them and, and, and their students. And that's, that's something that I definitely can see happening. So it'll be wonderful to receive more online resources or any kind of resources that's backed up by science, that's backed up by the government, that's backed up by the school leadership, you know, integrated into the curriculum that right now is academic heavy that is puts most of it most of its focus on academic rigor do you think that we can create a system where the soft skills this emotional intelligence can be married alongside academic heavy curricula where you're sort of even hot housing kids at times teaching for tests teaching for grades can these things live together that's an absolute yes what i'm seeing right now you know it's a little bit of a backflip where the suicidal rates at, is at at its highest, at least in the um, in countries like China, Korea, Japan, you know these high stress countries, suicidal rates are high. Mental health is is you know health issues is rising. All of that. What I'm what what I'm seeing is all of that is going to reach a certain point where educators or parents or administration is going to realize we need to do something about this, and then that's going to move, kind of propel forward, you know, what you and I are talking about, all of this soft skills and how, how do you manage your, your emotions? How do you build resilience and grit? How do you, you know, look at life with um, a growth mindset, all of that. Uh, that's what I'm seeing right now is people are happily letting this go uh, until it's, it becomes absolutely necessary. Um, however, Back to your question, I absolutely see a way of marrying the soft skills, the intangibles, the emotional intelligence into the curriculum, uh, which, you know, it, it should already be a part of the curriculum. For many years, it's been labeled as the hidden curriculum, whereas it, it should be, you know, a part of the curriculum just because it's not assessed, just because it doesn't get you into top schools does not mean it's not a part of the curriculum it is still essential it's just that the fact that the structure does not does not place it in the way that it contributes to you know a student's a student's career development and that's that's sad but there definitely is a way do we need a systemic change from the top or is this a case of individual teachers and practitioners integrating mindfulness into their own classes in any way they can you're you're reading my mind here because that was the exact point that i was going to bring up is we can't rely on any administration changing any of their minds even your school leadership uh changing their minds i can tell you um there's only one school that i know of around the um asian pacific area that that actually incorporates mindfulness into their curriculum and that is uwc and that is one school the only school that i know so so if we're looking to to wait for that change or or, or wait for that radical change from up top i i think it's going to be a long way it's possibly 
more effective if we go bottom up and try to reach out to to more educators who are willing to make some changes in their priorities or who are even open-minded to just try some strategies into their classroom and wait for and be patient and be open-minded and compassionate about seeing some changes that's that will definitely and i can guarantee you that 100 percent happen in their classroom if they were to take this on brilliant it's been an absolute <laughs> pleasure to talk to you likewise um, if anyone is, uh, wants to learn more about what jade's doing i would suggest heading over to time to teach.com is that right dot cn dot cn oh dot cn time to teach dot cn dot cn all right brilliant to reach well, out yeah thanks a lot for your time yeah, jade and i hope it. you get to catch up again soon of course absolute pleasure thank you tom for having me thanks. thanks for listening to the blend podcast it's available on spotify google and apple you can find blend interactive content on linkedin or www.blend.training Don't forget to like and subscribe. See you next time.